0: You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio.
1: Hey everyone, this is Danielle Musto and welcome to another episode of Girls and Gears. This episode is brought to you by Optic Nerve. We're going to be giving away a pair of the 2014 line of Optic Nerve sunglasses. Um, I believe the sunglasses that we're going to be giving away is the Optic Nerve Photomatic Omnium. And what we're going to have you do is go to the archived the archive of the show on mountainbikeradio.com. Leave a comment and then we'll pick a random person who comments. Um, and we'll explain the rules later on as well. So, welcome to the show. With me today is Mackenzie Woodring from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Mackenzie, thanks for being on the show.
0: Thank you for having me, Danielle.
1: Mackenzie placed fourth last year in the Iceman. Challenge. It's a huge race. Um, I believe it's the biggest in the country with about 4,700 racers. This year is the 35th year of the race, um, and Mackenzie is one of the favorites going into the race in the pro class. So we're going to talk to her about the race, and um, hopefully she'll uh, share some tr- uh, tips to us. So, Mackenzie, um, before we start talking about the race, do you want to just give everyone a little idea about yourself, like your background, where, you, where you're from, and then how you got into cycling?
0: Um, sure, yeah. I'm from uh, the West Michigan area. I grew up in West Michigan and um, am an engineer uh, during the day and a uh, pro cyclist by night. So I race um, on the road, on the track. I race cyclocross mountain bike and my primary focus is I'm a tandem pilot for the U.S. National Paralympic cycling team. So I race, you know, all over the world, um, both on the road and on the velodrome or the track with that. So um, definitely a busy girl.
1: What did you start doing first?
0: Like how did you get Um, into cycling? Well, I was a runner for many, many years and ran in college and and after college, I took a couple of years off and um you know decided that I ne- needed to start being active again and so I started mountain biking and um actually, my first mountain bike ride <laughs> anybody was with you danielle so um definitely influenced me and um you know, I just kind of fell in love with a sport and uh started road racing and um eventually connected uh with the Paralympic team through um a teammate of mine that was on a on a local team and they were looking for a tandem pilot to replace um Katie Thompson who had left the program and so i uh i spent about a year kind of getting getting to where i needed to be hitting the power numbers and um you know eventually was accepted into the program so i've been doing that since 2008 um and you know yeah that's my my primary focus and um you know with that try to mix in other sports or other other disciplines so so yeah
1: well, I'm glad that I could have such a positive influence on you from your first bike yeah. ride. That makes me that makes me feel yeah. good because, because yeah, what people awesome. don't know as I was trying to drop you during the entire ride. Uh, Mackenzie asked if she could tag along. I was like, who is she? Why is she so fat? Uh, and um, what people probably, or what they might not know about you, too, is you went to the Paralympics in Beijing and... You you racked up a gold, silver, and bronze there, didn't you, with your
0: teammate? Right, right. Up yep. in 2008, we went to the Games in Beijing and won a gold uh, medal in the road time trial, a uh, silver medal in the road race, and then on the track, we won a bronze. So it was an incredible experience for us and for me, and first time competing internationally and first time competing on the velodrome, and you know to win a bronze, it was just fantastic just surreal so um yeah um have had some great experiences with the paralympic program and um have been you know able to compete all over the world um in australia manchester um china obviously i was in belgium and spain last year and in uh, canada and just just all over it's been it's been an amazing experience so the paralympic program is You know, it's athletes with physical disabilities, so amputees, um, people with head injuries, uh, blind people. um, And, you know, it's a lot of people mistake it with uh, the Special Olympics or what have you, but um, these are top-notch athletes, you know, throughout the world that are just, yeah, amazing. Um, You'll have cyclists racing on the track, you know, that are missing... Um, a hand or, you know, missing their left leg and left arm and and just riding incredible times. And um, some of the athletes, you know, in the Paralympic program, you know, throughout the world are, you know, actually close to, you know, the Olympic athletes in regards to, you know, track pursuit times and and sprint times. It's pretty amazing. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's been a fantastic experience. So probably my you know, the Beijing experience was great, um, but probably one of my, my other big experiences with the program was we broke the world record in the 3k pursuit on the track in, in Manchester and in '09, And, you know, that was just to actually, you know, break a world record was just, just an incredible opportunity and experience. So a lot of good stuff. And, uh, yeah, you know, I look forward to continuing to compete in the in the Paralympics. So.
1: I bet, and is it? I mean, you, you race solo as well, like you said with like lacrosse and mountain biking. But is the experience different sharing it with a partner? Because yeah, I mean, absolutely, and the two of you, you're like doing these amazing things.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're you're tied together with a timing chain, so your cadence, the way that you pedal, when you're standing out of the saddle, you you have to absolutely be in sync and rhythm. And, you know, there's a lot of communication that has to go on. So my tandem partner is blind, and, uh, you know, all of the tandems that race, the stokers are, are blind or visually impaired. And so I'm, you know, I'm telling her, um, you know, up, sprint, you know, we've got a right turn ahead, you know, kind of giving – giving keys so that she can prepare, you know, to stand or sprint or whatever. So it's, it's a totally different experience. And, you know, the tandem is unlike, you know, a single bike in that, you know, it's a big, um, you know, it's a big, heavy kind of bike with two people, you know, we're carrying about probably 350 pounds. um, And you're, it's kind of like a semi truck or, you know, you're, The slower the cadence, the faster you go. Um, It's kind of hard to describe, but so it's a different kind of ability as well that you have to prepare for, and um, so it's it's just been a lot of fun, and you know technically a lot of fun for me, and I've gotten you know pretty fit from it. So um, and it's ferocious, you know the road races are. I was in Canada a couple of months ago for the world championships and on, on one of the descents that we had to do, you know, seven times, we hit 45 miles an hour each time down the mountain. And, you know, in the sprints and everything, I mean, we're, we're rolling. It's, it's really fast and really fun and um, yeah, definitely exciting. So, you know, definitely different than racing singly on the road or, you know, mountain bike, obviously, or even on the track. So, you're having to think about just so much more. So, um, I bet. And yeah, I'm imagining,
1: great. I'm imagining the road race. I, how many tandems are usually in a field when you're doing that?
0: Um, usually, there's 15 to 23 or 24, depending on the event. So, you know, it's a fairly, fairly good-sized field. I mean, with with 23 or 24 tandems, that's 45 women. <laughs> In all different, you know, speaking all different languages and all different abilities, and um, yeah, it, it gets pretty wild. So the attacks and everything are are pretty wild. So um, you know, and there's breakaways and there's strategy. And we took three tandems to the world championships in Canada this year, and um, yeah, it's 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 pretty cool, cool stuff, and it's you know world class level. So. It's, their UCI-level competitions and, um, you know, fully supported races and, you know, all over the world, so. Hmm.
1: Well, we're going to talk um, about, I I definitely want to talk about this more, but I also want to talk to you about Iceman since it's coming up, but I was just thinking someday you need to get your partner here to race Iceman.
0: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> you know, I tried piloting a mountain bike last year, and it's it's uh, through the woods. It's 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 a challenge. to swing, <laughs> swing that thing in between trees. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, maybe one of these days. Maybe you and I. We we've joked about racing together. We gotta we gotta get serious one of these days. So
1: I will just. Close my eyes and hang on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, All right, let's talk about Iceman a little bit. Like I said, it's a 29 mile point to point race. Um, it takes place the first weekend in November every year. Uh, describe Iceman. Like, how would what would you like if you were just describing it to someone who's never done it? What would you say?
0: Um, it is. It, it's basically, you know, in my opinion of road race um it's pretty pretty wide open a lot of two track um there's a few single track sections but they're they're few and far in between and you know it's really kind of a you know a road race so it's um it's kind of sandy um perfect perfect race for like a two niner um but it's it's all about, you know, the first few miles and, and getting into that, you know, making the selection, getting into that break. Um so, you know, at least that's in the pro the pro field later in the day, that's, you know, really strategically how you know, the best way that you can approach the race. Earlier in the day, I mean there's so many people, it's the largest point to point race in the country. Um, you know, it's you're passing a lot and there's lots of people along the way and um, you know, it's definitely a lot of fun. So, yeah, yeah. And it is, it
1: is a lot of fun. Like, you know, most mountain bikers tend to live for, like, single track. But right. this race draws so many different um, disciplines, like, you know, cyclocross, road, mountain biking. And I think that's what makes it so much fun, too. There's some people who race Iceman. Like, this is their one race of the season, and they train for it. The race sells out every year. I know people who take the day off from work to make sure that they can register. Oh, it's wow. Definitely, <laughs> it's definitely an epic race. Um, and not to mention the cash purse is huge. Um, I was looking at it, and the, ca- the total payout this year is 52580 bucks, which is awesome.
0: Wow. Wow. And yeah, I know that's great.
1: E- and there's a equal payout um, for both the females and males, which is cool. Um hmm How many years have you competed in the race?
0: Uh, This will be my fourth year, so not that many. Um, And I haven't haven't really been mountain biking, you know, that many years. So, Um, yeah, just four years. So there's some pretty good competition this year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There is. There is. Um, Well, last year you finished, I have it in fourth place with a time of 1.55.09. And that was less than two minutes behind Georgia Gold. Um, And I was kind of hoping you could bring us like just back to the start line of last year. Like, so you were lining up with like Georgia Gold, who went to the Olympics, Um, right? Emily Batty, who went to the Olympics, Uh, Heather Erminger. um, I'm trying to think of some other. There was just like a really, really strong field. So when you're at the start line, what's going through your head?
0: Oh my goodness. Um, You know, just honored to be there with you know that the The caliber of athletes that were on the line and, you know, people that do this professionally for a living, you know, it's it's just really cool to be competing against them. Um, you know, it's, I mean, you just kind of have nothing to lose. It's, you know, you know, it's going to hurt, <laughs> but, you know, I'm a road racer, so, you know, I I knew I had a, a good shot at kind of being in the mix. Um, oh, you want me to talk through the race? Kind of tell you yeah, that.
1: well, yeah, yeah. Tell us what the start was like, because for
0: people who haven't done the race, the start is
1: pancake flat for for like what would you say a mile or two miles?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a couple of miles, and you start out on pavement. Um And typically, you know, you go about a half a mile and make a sharp left-hand turn, and you know, literally, you know, like you said, Danielle, it's pancake flat. More pavement, and then it it kind of starts to turn into gravel road, and then into you cross over a road and in, in into a sandy, sandy two track section, and that's really where you know f- for us where the race starts to kind of string out and selections are made. So you know the first first few miles are definitely you know really sandy and two track, and and uh, you know the race starts to string out. So. And so,
1: last year when you started,
0: were you in the top
1: break right away or did you, what happened?
0: Yep. Um, I was uh, fortunately called up to the front row. So, started with, you know, Emily and Georgia and um, Chloe Woodruff and uh, Ermiger and, and, uh, you know, just as soon as the race started, I, um, you know, found my way to Georgia's wheel and just managed to you know, fight and stay in, in good position, again, it's it's a lot like a road race. Um, so, you know, going into the woods um, or into the two-track section, it, it started to string out, and, and you know, naturally there was a group of about, I would say, 10 riders that separated from the rest of the field. Um, it was definitely, you know, the, last year's Iceman was probably one of my most, interesting and rewarding cycling accomplishments, I guess. I was about three miles into the race and uh, one of the other girls that was in our break um, was kind of moving up in the group and she, she rode over towards me and I ended up crashing. I ended up kind of going off the trail, washing out and crashing. This was about three miles into the race and went down and somebody else that was in the group hit my bike and you know, so I picked my bike up and, and of course the breakaway is still rolling, they're they're gone. I picked up my bike and my bars were completely twisted. So I I straightened them, went went to get back on the bike. They were still crooked. I had to get back off, straighten them again and I took off and, you know, I'm like, oh no, you know, this is the race and I looked down and my front wheel was, you know, almost unrideable. It was basically tacoed, and um, you know, I thought I'm going to ride this thing anyways until it explodes. And so, you know, ran, rode, you know, like a girl possessed, and uh, I managed to. Uh, Laura Van Gilder was in the race last year. I passed her, like you know, just flew by a lot of people and managed to catch the brake again and, and uh, you know, <laughs> yeah it was I had it in um to stands to have a new wheel sent back to me have it have it completely rebuilt after the race but fortunately it held together the rest of the race so I I caught the break and um you know, I kind of hung in the back. I was, again, really afraid. I mean, this wheel's going to detonate at any second and I'm going to take the whole breakout or, you know, whatever. So I hung hung around in the back and kind of one by one, you know, girls started to drop and, uh, you know, it was down to five of us and, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, this is pretty, <laughs> this is pretty cool. And we got about halfway through the race and another girl dropped and, I'm down to, you know, basically being in a break with Georgia, Heather Ermiger, and Emily Batty, and was just happy to be there at that point. Like, you know, this is amazing. This wheel's holding, and I'm in a break with these girls. So, you know, I kind of, you know, you want to conserve, but you know, it's kind of like a road race. You gotta, you gotta take your turn. You gotta pull, and and Georgia was doing a lot of the work. and so I started kind of working with her and, um, you know, the two Trek girls were kind of conserving and, you know, they would pull her every now and then. And, um, you know, we got towards the end of the race and we got to uh, Anita's Hill, which is this steep, steep hill that uh, is usually where the race winner kind of comes out of the break or whatever and, and wins the race. It's it's the selection you know, selective hill, I would say, um, where a lot of people attack. And uh, I had just pulled, went to the back of the break and uh, was behind the, the two track girls and Georgia was in the front. And we got up to Anita's Hill and she just put an attack down and rode away from us. So, uh, you know, we got over the hill and uh, tried to chase, but but we weren't going to catch her. So I rode with those two two girls up up near the finish and uh you know we we got into the last couple of single track sections so near the end of the race the last three to five k or you know the last couple of miles there are um there's a few windy single track sections and Heather and uh, Emily, you know, they don't normally at the World Cup level, they don't normally see each other in races. You know, they're teammates. They don't really know, you know, how to race together, I guess, you know. And, again, it's a lot like a road race. It's not a mountain bike race. And so we're going up this climb, and we're approaching a single track section, and I'm behind them. And all of a sudden, they attacked each other. Like, they both sprinted for the single track. (laughs) And they ran into each other, and they fell down. And I, I couldn't oh. believe it. I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know, and I rode around <laughs> them, you know, with my hair on fire and just, like, went as hard as I could. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm in second place. I can't believe it. You know, this is, you know, this is awesome, whatever. And so we got we got through the single track section. They, they got up pretty quickly, and Batty passed me, was the first to pass me. I kind of blew up on a little climb because I had just gone way too hard, you know, was way too excited. And and then Ermiger passed me, and, you know, I, I kind of hesitated for a second, like, oh, you know, that's it. And then I I just said, no, you know, I'm going to go after this. And, and, you know, chased and chased, and basically, you know, the last K, you know, was gaining on Ermiger, and it came down to about a half a wheel length at the finish line so in the sprint and so it was a half a wheel length from third so that that kind of went through my mind for weeks following the race just how close it was but but it was so just close. an amazing amazing experience a lot of fun i mean the roar when you enter the finish area and the campground is just it's awesome it's surreal it's unlike you know even the roars that you know we had in Beijing at the games, you know, Iceman. I mean, it's just, it's nuts. It's awesome. So it is. Um, it is. Um. Yeah.
1: Describe Williamsburg Road. Like, what is that like coming up? What's that? Could you could you Williamsburg
0: say that again? Road? Um,
1: you
0: know, the what? Oh goodness.
1: Do you know what I'm is talking him? about? That's the one where everyone goes and cheers
0: for you, and it's kind of yeah. like yeah it's you're you know I think you're what over halfway through the race
1: mhm,
0: and yeah, I mean people are just lining the two tracks and you know everybody's having a good time and and it's just it's cool it's you know the support, the enthusiasm, you know the people out there that just love the race, love mountain biking, you know it's 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 just unlike any other any other race i've I've been at, so it's really cool you know and and they're giving updates along the way there's you know timing and yeah it's it's really uh really an amazing race it is
1: um have you pre-ridden the course
0: this year yet i haven't had a chance to get up there this year so okay i'm hoping to hoping to check that out at least once um i think there've been some slight t- tweaks to the single tracks but you know, I was up there three or four times last year pre-riding, so I have a pretty good idea, you know, good memory of, of it all, so.
1: Yeah. And there's, um. have you seen pictures of the Subaru flyover?
0: I haven't. Yes. Okay. Is it like a cyclocross <laughs> flyover? Is that?
1: I, I, I don't race much cyclocross, but I think so. It's like you go over, or you go under it, and then you go over <laughs> Oh, That's okay. kind a of really bad explaining, but, uh, job explaining, but I, I've heard from uh, Steve Brown, who is the Iceman promoter, that when, that when you get to the, you won't see the finish line until you get to the top of the flyover, and then all of a sudden the finish line is right there. Okay. But he also said that when you go under the flyover, you have at least five more minutes to get to the finish line. Oh,
0: okay. Well, that's good yep. to know. Awesome.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> so for some people it might be much longer <laughs> once you get right. over um so let's talk a bit about your competition though. when you're going into a race like this do you do you check compulsively to see who you're racing against or do you try to like not pay attention and just focus on your own race
0: um i, I don't really pay attention to it i mean i've i've looked You know, we've got Catherine Pendrell coming back, Emily Batty coming back, Chloe Woodruff, um, April Morgan, um, who's racing for Foundry this fall. She's uh, coming over from Wisconsin, and I think she's had some good results in the past. And, um, you know, so there's there's definitely some solid competition. Um, You know, I'm... I'm preparing, and I'm gonna be as prepared as I can be, you know on the starting line, and you know whoever shows up shows up, I guess, so I kinda of know you know who I need to be um, who I need to be mindful of out there so um but i don't I don't worry too much about you know who's gonna be there and check over and over again, so
1: that's smart to do. I mean, it, you can only worry about it so much, anyways. Because if not, I feel like sometimes, like you'll be like, "Oh, she's super fast. I won't be able to keep up with her," and then you end up limiting yourself. Because I mean, anyone right. can have a bad day. Right. Anyone can yeah, get I mean, sick that's... and not show up. Um, but right. yeah, you you put, you mentioned everyone that I was going to talk about. Definitely making it to the top five it's going to be hard because there are women coming who have been in like the top three multiple years, but I think it's going to be a really
0: um, great race.
1: And I know you've been racing a lot more cyclocross this year
0: than last, haven't you? Yep. Yep. This year I've definitely um, had more focus in the cyclocross uh, discipline and I'm racing for uh, founder cycles and velocity wheels and, um, the Ada Bike Shop this fall, and and I'm uh, doing a full cyclocross schedule all throughout the Midwest, and um, going to nationals, and definitely putting more emphasis on it. I I did a few races last year and just kind of fell in love with, you know, the the sport, the discipline, and um, you know, it's just just a lot of fun. You know, kind of similar atmosphere as Iceman. Man. You know, everybody's out there having a great time. Um, you know, loving it, loving the sport. So I've been uh racing a lot, you know, all over Ohio, Wisconsin. Um I'll be headed to St. Louis next weekend for the UCI race and Louisville and so definitely having some fun with that and um yeah. So checking it yeah. out this year. So
1: And I um remember the year that Amanda Carey won Iceman. She she was racing cross a lot that year as well, and she said that training for cross um, crossed over really well to the Iceman just because of the intensity. And I am wondering if you feel like the training will help as well.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, the short burst—you know, where you're having a sprint out of turns and and things like that—in a cyclocross race, really, you know, does cross over well with Iceman. There's a lot of little short kickers and. You know, it's a road race, so there's, there's attacks. Um, you know, there were many attacks last year, um, during our race. So yeah, definitely the intensity, you know, being at that anaerobic, um, point, you know, you're, you're going to hit that many times throughout Iceman as well. So, and then the, you know, cyclocross, I mean, technically handling, cornering, um, you know, at high speeds you know, Iceman is definitely a, a fast race. It's not a ten mile per hour mountain bike race. You're you're out there motoring at fifteen to, you know, twenty plus miles an hour and um being comfortable at those speeds and hitting turns at those speeds. It's you know the cyclocross has definitely, you know, helped with that as well. So yeah. Yeah, you know the only the only difference I would say is the cross races are typically forty minutes in length versus Iceman's going to be two hours. So I'm really trying to train for that as well as you know mm-hmm. is needed. So how, how do you train for so, it? I mean how um, how do for, for Iceman? Um, well, right now I'm doing a lot of power intervals and in, in long tempo interval intervals. So power intervals are like anaerobic, um, you know, VO2 max type types of efforts. So, you know, well beyond, you know, what you would time trial at, um, you know, doing short, minute-long efforts. Um, and then, you know, doing long, uh, low-cadence muscle tension types of, of intervals. So we call them tempo intervals. That's how they're prescribed for me. Um, so 70 to 75 cadence, 70 to 75% effort, um, basically to kind of prepare your legs for that, you know, long, grueling kind of, you know, mountain bike, lower cadence, um, you know, type of race. So, um, to really prep your legs, have the strength in your legs, I guess, to withstand that two hour race. So, and then longer endurance mile rides, you know, you've got to have the endurance for two hours of mountain bike racing. So, you know, mixing that in as well. Yep. Who's so. your coach? Um, I'm coached by Craig Griffin. He's a Carmichael coach, so and he's he's uh, been my coach for you know since 2008. Um, so he coaches coaches me for all you know both Paralympic and then all the single disciplines that I compete in as well.
1: Okay, I was wondering about that. Notice he ever, like, try to get you to take time off or anything? Because it seems like your seasons just overlap nonstop. stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this,
0: this year is a little bit different, you know, with the increased emphasis on the cyclocross season. Um, usually I take a, about a month off every fall completely off the bike, um, you know, and, and throughout the year, you, you, you've got to have recovery weeks planned into the, the training plan and, and you got to listen to your body and your, in your mind, you know, if you really need time off, you take time off. So, um, huge advocate of, you know, rest. So I think it's, it's one of the more important things of aspects of training. So, but yeah, he, he prescribes, you know, Three to four weeks off every fall, and and that works well. So it'll be later in this in the year for me this year, though. So, um, but I'll be definitely well, taking some time off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, because one thing that you mentioned too, is, I mean, you do have a full time job, and it's I mean, you work. How many hours a week do you work?
0: Uh, 40 to, you know, 60, depending on the week, so. Okay, yep. so it's yep. not like you're just, actually, like,
1: riding and sleeping.
0: Oh, no, 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 nope, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely not, you know, you, you've got to get, I mean, if you're, you're an athlete, you got to get that eight hours of sleep in, and, um, you know, and I've got time around, you know, work and the cycling, we manage that well. A lot of the volume is on the weekends, of course, you know, when I'm not in the office, but, um, you know, I, I'm usually on the bike 15 to 17 hours a week, so not too much, but, um, but enough to compete in the events that I compete in. So
1: I was, um, unlike you, Danielle,
0: you... I'm sure you're on the bike like 25 hours a week. So no, no, <laughs> no, no, Okay.
1: No, I'm on the bike 50 hours a week. Oh, get it right. I was way
0: off. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm,
1: I'm spinning right now. No, No, (laughs) um. So, anyways, I was wondering if you could give some advice to people who are entering the pro class for the first time because. It's pro cat one, and it's it's a big jump for people who have been racing, you know, like sport and expert, to line up with people like you and you know Emily Batty and Catherine Pendro. Like, what advice do you have?
0: Um, you know, obviously be prepared. You know, it, it, put in put in some time on the bike, um, get in those you know three hour endurance mile rides before you, you know, get into the race and make sure you've got the endurance. Um, You know, try to get some intensity in and, uh, you know, physically prepare. Um, The other thing I'll say is eat. You know, it's a long race. It's a, you know, two, two two-plus-hour race. So eat well, days leading up to it. Eat during the race, bring food. Um, You know, and the conditions are, you never know from one day to the next, especially in Michigan, so you know if you're you're traveling a long distance, be prepared, bring everything um, you know snow, rain, and really good weather have you know we've we've had all all of those <laughs> you know different types of weather for iceman, so be prepared um you know get a good warm up in um you know it's an afternoon race, so it's it's you know you've got time to prepare. Um, you know get in get in a good warm-up with some short efforts some short bursts to try to open your systems up because you know the beginning is fast and everybody's jockeying for position and trying to find those wheels or you know be in a good position you know for when the group hits the two track you're you're able to make the break Um, so you know be warmed up be opened up and and really you know find those wheels find the you know the emily batty and chloe woodruff and you know pick a good wheel to to follow to draft behind and you know it's a lot like a road race conserve conserve as much as you can and 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 use your power when you need to use your legs when you need to so um yes i you know definitely hydrate you know bring lots of water um it's a long race and, um, and just be smart. So, you know, like I said, it's a road race, conserve wherever you can, draft wherever you can. And, you know, obviously work if you need to, to help out, but, uh, you know, be, be tactically savvy and smart and, and, uh, yeah. So, and you know,
1: comfortable like in a group,
0: you know, like, Oh, absolutely. My, yeah. Yep, I don't you know like a lot like a really tight route. But. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's you know, I would definitely mix in you know in the, in the weeks leading up to the race, mix in some group rides, mix in some rides with some other people, and get comfortable riding wheels. You know, again, it's a lot of two-track riding, so you're not on on the wheel, you know, and in a lot of single-track sections. But you know, feeling comfortable in those group rides, feeling comfortable on a wheel, um, definitely important. So um, I don't know about, you know, outside of Michigan, but, you know, here in West Michigan, we've got lots of gravel road group rides that that go on on, you know, both weeknights and weekends and getting out to those, you know, everybody's, everybody's starting to wind up for Iceman and they're really good opportunity to, to ride wheels, get comfortable and, you know, and get some intensity in too. So, yeah.
1: Speaking of nutrition, what's your nutrition look like, like the day of a race?
0: Um, you know it's definitely, um, you know, taking as many calories as you can. You know, don't overeat, but, um, you know, eat a eat a good breakfast. Um, you know, I like to eat a lot. Of, I like bagels. I like to eat eggs the morning of a race. Um, you know, and then I eat throughout. You know, leading up to it's an afternoon race, so, you know, I'll be snacking on you know sandwiches and um food bars and bananas and you know all kinds of goodies leading up to the race and you know a lot of people get get pre-race nerves and it's it's it it's hard to eat but it's really important um and you you definitely need to need to take on the calories so one of my favorite uh pre-race bars are are bars they're made here in Michigan and those little little guys pack about 400 calories and and they're really good so yeah, you know, I'll definitely be eating one of those before I hit the line. So,
1: yeah, those are those are really good. Um I actually ate two of them as a snack before looking at the calories. It's like, I, <laughs> <whoops. laughs> I just had 800 calorie snack. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> That's why I fast on downhill. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, man. I think um, uh, one
1: thing that you though, too, gear-wise, um, it's completely true. And when you're in northern Michigan in November, I mean, we've had sunny days at Iceman where it's, like, completely dry. But it can also right. be rainy in the 50s or snow. So it's important to stay warm as you're warming up. And you might potentially right. have to warm up rain for sure. So what does your gear look like? I mean, like, optimal conditions, like, do you perform best? And I mean,
0: warm weather. I, <laughs> oh, I feel like
1: that's a different. For dumb me, question
0: I can't. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's, yeah. it's all good. Absolutely, <laughs> I really like. I like bad conditions. I like cold. Um, the warmth, heat is not, not my friend. <laughs> so, I I look forward okay. to the you know the the messier the better, um, you know days. So. Um, yeah, I, you know, a number of years, well, I think four years ago, we had snow the night before Iceman, and it was an absolute mud pit the next day, and, you know, I ended up on the podium, so it was a good day for me. So I always always look forward to those days, um, but definitely come prepared for everything, and, you know, I'm thinking about tires and, you know, all of that in the days leading up to the race, you know, just to have everything absolutely optimized, so mm mm-hmm. I know
1: um, people have been doing tire threads and tire pressure threads on, like, mountain bike forum sites about the Iceman for months, and mm. what what are you going to be running, or don't you know yet?
0: Um, I've got a set of Kenda Karmas on my race wheels right now, and I, I think that's probably going to be the tire of choice. Um, you know, if, if the conditions look, you know, really, really good um, leading up to you know, in in a few days leading up to the race, I might change to something you know with a little bit, um, a little bit faster tread. But I think the Karmas are probably what I'm going to end up on. So they're a good, good all around tire. They're really light and uh, fast, and you know can definitely handle pretty much anything you throw at them. So I think that's what I'll what I'll go with. So.
1: Um. So you've had two Icemans. Have you ended up on the podium in all three Icemans, or did you yeah. have one year that I've, wasn't I've as good?
0: Only, only one year I had a, a podium result, so they do the okay. top three. So, yeah. Yep, and I okay. had, um, my second year was, didn't go so well, I, I was 12th, um, so yeah. I I bought a new bike two weeks leading up to the race, and the fit wasn't quite right, and you know, you just can't have a good day every day. So that was my not good day, and um, definitely learned some things from that. And so I'm hoping that'll be the last bad Iceman experience for me. So I
1: I predict great things. I'll be at Williamsburg Road waiting for you for sure. Awesome, um,
0: awesome. Definitely.
1: So what comes next for you after Iceman?
0: Um, more cyclocross racing, so definitely prepping for nationals, which are in January and Boulder. Um, so I'll, I'll hang up the mountain bike for the year and, and just continue on with the cyclocross season. So, um, I don't have off the top of my head, my race schedule for those two months, but, um, definitely winding up the training and peaking for nationals. So I'd like to have a good result there, um, so really excited excited to have the opportunity to go. It's gonna be great,
1: yeah, no kidding have you have you raced
0: much if then
1: nationals are in Boulder you said
0: right right
1: yep okay have yep. you have you raced at like higher elevations at all before or
0: um i I've, I've done some tandem racing, um but not not at as high of elevation as boulder, so you know, it'll be important then, you know, getting out there either the day before the event or, you know, days prior to the event to acclimate. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at potentially um, going over over the Christmas, you know, Christmas vacation, Christmas holiday time to altitude to train to try to prepare um, for, you know, a week or two. But, uh, yeah, you know, the altitude throws, throws a a wrench or you know throws throw something into the mix there so it definitely makes a difference
1: and let me ask you this since you've started riding a bike has there ever been a time where you're like this is just too much i mean like where you're like I, where you've been tempted to quit just because it's too much to handle because i know you've been on professional road teams before and then you did paralympics but just wondering, like you know, with a full time job, is it? Do you ever think like, well, too much to like
0: balance? You know, I think with anything in life, you know, you kind, it's it's kind of got its ups and its downs. Um, you know, certainly there's stressful times, but the really, you know, the the rewarding times uh, outweigh, you know, any of those those bad thoughts or bad experiences. I I've had some really bad accidents on the tandem. Um, you know, in the past, I mean, we're at such high speeds and, um, have had some pretty bad experiences there. And, you know, that's probably the closest that I've come to saying, I don't know if this is such a good idea to keep doing this, but, you know, I just love it. And, you know, it's such a great, great sport. It's such a social sport. You meet so many great people, you know, I've been able to experience so many things all over the world. And, um, you know, it just far outweighs, you know, the occasional crash or, you know mm-hmm. when, when times times get tough and times tight or, you know, whatever. So so yeah. I think we all have those moments but but I'm good. I, I think I remember you kind
1: of um I think I remember you actually describing crashing on a tandem as like being in a plane crash almost. Just where you feel like no control.
0: Yeah. Um you know, again, it's really heavy. You know, 300 pounds moving along, and um, you know, it doesn't stop as fast as you know when you crash on a single bike. And um, you know, definitely, definitely a, a pretty crazy experience. That you know, that that accident. I think that you're referring to. We broke, you know, the frame, both wheels, broke crank arms off you know, broke
1: Jeez.
0: um all kinds of goodies. So, you know, it's it was a, a pretty yeah. pretty crazy experience. So Where where was uh, it at? Uh this was in Spain in uh okay. two thousand and ten I believe and uh we were in a in a time trial and they had uh two speed bumps right before the finish line on this course, we rolled over the first speed bump at like 34 miles an hour. And, you know, we were literally seconds from finishing the race and we were going to win. We were, you know, and, um, the rear disc blew a hole in it and blew, um, just from the weight and the impact, um, going over that, that, uh, speed bump. So we didn't lift off the saddle. We were we were both sitting on the saddle and I think the impact was just too much. And so, yeah, we started weaving and, you know, ended up, ended up crashing. So pretty wild. Um, but yeah, stuff happens. Ugh. So it does. <laughs> you, gotta, it does. you gotta, you gotta, gotta oh. keep moving. So <laughs>
1: That is so true. Hopefully, hopefully yeah, your race Ice Iceman, I don't want to jinx you, but hopefully you'll be crash free. Um, (laughs) do you have, uh, over the years that you've been racing, do you have any advice for people just getting into the sport? Like anything that you've learned along the way that you wish you would have known back then?
0: Um, you know, when you, when you first start out, just have fun, just get out and ride your bike. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people kind of get into the sport and, you know, get really serious too soon. And, you know, you can kind of burn out from it. So, you know, just have fun, you know, try different, different uh, you know, mountain biking, road biking, cross, you know, try different uh, disciplines and, you know, kind of figure out what you like and what you're good at and, um, you know, what you enjoy and, you know, and just take it slow and go from there. So, um you know, and, and you don't have to go hard every day. I see a lot of people ride ride their bikes as hard as they can every day and, um, you know, just uh, go hard some days and enjoy yourself on other days. And, um, you know, definitely you can find yourself in kind of an overtrained situation, you know, going hard every single day. So just kind of, you know, be smart about it and, you know, keep it fun and fresh and, you know go from there so you know find people that are are racers or you know um do a lot of club rides and you know ask for advice find mentors and you know people love to help others along the way and you know teach them the ropes and um give advice so everybody's friendly and yeah so
1: so after Iceman and after Cross,
0: what are your next big goals? Are the next Paralympics? In your um, yeah, the the big goal is is Rio um, in 2016, so the games. Um, okay. You know, in the interim, um, you know I'll I'll probably take some time off after nationals, take some time off the bike, and then and then start to. Um, you know train for the the tandem season next year so um training camps and, and competitions will start to happen you know early early spring and and into early summer and um things start to wind up you know mid-year and so um yeah yeah i'll, I'll try to mix in a little time off after cyclocross and then then start to train for the paralympic team so
1: so no fat bike season.
0: I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. There's no sense that you know you're the queen <laughs> of fat bike racing. Right, so. right.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to demoralize you. We should get
0: a fat bike tandem though. That would be fun. That, that's true. That's true.
1: <laughs> and now that there's um a fat bike category at IceMan,
0: we could take oh, the tandem that's to right. that. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that. I think that like max I. I fun. don't know
1: this. <laughs> what was that? That
0: sounds like Max fun to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I I agree. Is there ever a time when your coach is like Mackenzie, like enough mountain biking for the time being, because you know you're training with a teammate, you know your partner on the tandem? Is there ever a time where you're like,
0: you know, I just need to
1: like focus on this for the time being?
0: Well, you know, definitely throughout you know the year when I'm competing with a paralympic program I'm not I'm not training on my mountain bike so um you know I I really don't pick up the mountain bike or the cross bike until you know towards the end of the summer into fall um you really need to you know to to train at that level you really need that specificity on that bike you know at, with those um that position and um so I, I try to try to stick to the, the tandem or the road bike, you know, during that season and then start to switch over to the cross bike or the mountain bike um, you know, later in the year when I start to race those bikes. So Yep, you you definitely can't can't kinda of jump all over the place. It it doesn't um doesn't work well um, you know, when you're trying to, you know, absolutely optimize and get as much as you can out of those pedals, so so
1: we're running out of time, but I do have two questions that were sent to me to ask those. Number one is, what is your, first post- what is your favorite post-race
0: snack? Oh, post-race snack. Oh. Is it okay if I say beer? <laughs> 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 I, I like the occasional, uh, you know, <laughs> ale AL after a race. Um you know after we won the gold medal in Beijing i had a um you know one of the uh, uh chinese um branded beers and it was wonderful um but you know obviously it's a, it's a good thing to get in protein right after a race to optimize your recovery um you know i don't have a particular food that that would be my favorite um so whatever's available whatever's readily available so <laughs>
1: Whatever is well, with beer.
0: Yeah, um, and, so then, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then the other question was, um, what part of the Iceman course do you dread the most? That's that's the most. So, <laughs> well, that sounds, so it makes it sound like the course is so bad. What part? Do you no, dread? no, no,
0: not at all. I, <laughs> so I'm a roadie. That's kind of my thing. I'm not. I'm not really a you know um, a serious mountain biker. So. The single track sections are definitely a stretch for me. And, you know, last year, I mean, being kind of whipping through those single tracks with Georgia and Emily and Heather, you know, I just couldn't wait for each of those sections to be over with (laughs) because, you know, it's, it's, uh, again, the majority of my riding's done on the road and, um, you know, it's the single track stuff can be a little challenging for me. So that'd probably be it.
1: You're probably um, one of the few racers who show up on the line, like, looking forward to the paved start.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I enjoy the road race portion of it, that's for sure. Yep, yep. The the first 90-degree turn kind of scares me a little bit with all the other mountain bikers around. but, But other than that, I love the two tracks and the roads and love that part of the race. Yeah,
1: well, and I'm not trying to freak anyone out, but there have been some pretty nasty crashes, like right from the get-go, on the pavement. Right. And I think I think that mostly happens in the men's field, just because there's so many people, right. so many guys right. racing. I think I think the women have about 22,
0: and I'm not sure
1: how many guys do you think are in the pro field this year.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay,
1: I would it's say probably
0: what 40 or you know. Probably double I what like, we'll
1: have. I think it's like a hundred. Is
0: it? <laughs> wow. I don't remember there being that many in, you know, last year. So yeah. Hmm. yeah. And that I guess my my, my, my my advice, be, you know, based on my road experience, is you know, sharp turns like that, um, stay on the inside. If the accident happens, it's gonna kind of wipe out everybody from the inside out so you know the inside is usually the the safer safer place to be on those those types of turns especially in a pack with mountain bikers <laughs> so
1: that is true people like me um <laughs> i'm um okay uh, i did guess how many guys there are uh 89 nope 131 what in the pro field?
0: Oh my goodness! It,
1: well, it's it's pro and cat one combined.
0: Okay, so it's
1: that's great. So, great field starting off down the
0: road. Right, right. Yeah, that's hmm. great. Jeez.
1: How 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 long do you like predict before you start passing the guys? Like, what happened last year? You must have caught quite a few of them.
0: Um. Y- There'll usually be a few that you'll pass early on, you know, that have had issues or whatever, but basically, you know, 10 to 15 miles in, you start to pass people, start to pass guys. So, um and then throughout the rest of the race, so you'll okay. you'll pass guys. Yep.
1: So So any guys listening? make way when uh, Mackenzie comes past you. <laughs> 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 All right, Mackenzie, our hour is up. <laughs> uh oh. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. You're thanks honestly for having like me. one of the best ambassadors for female like Mountain bikers, cyclocrossers, um, pilots of tandems, track racers, and road <laughs> racers. <laughs> and uh, road racers. <laughs> you're one of Please. the best
0: ambassadors for mountain bikers and fat bikers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please
1: don't ever, ever pick up a fat bike. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> I beg you, I'm I'm going to email your coach and be like, please just keep her busy. (laughs) There has to be one more thing that she can do in between in her little window of free time. (laughs) But anyway, thank you. I look forward to cheering for you. um, And hopefully we'll be able to follow up with you um, after the cross season.
0: Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Have fun at ice man on your fat bike.
1: Well, yeah. We'll be out <laughs>
0: there.
1: Thanks, everyone else, for uh, joining in on another episode of Girls and Gears. Once again, you can go to mountainbikeradio.com and then go to the archives of the show, place a comment, and then you will um, register to be in the running for some optic nerve Omni sunglasses. Have a good night.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Mountain Bike Radio. Be sure to head over to mountainbikeradio.com. To find a full listing of all the shows, recent episodes, archives, and you can buy some swag. T-shirts, socks, stickers, and you can become a member in which you get deals on coaching, nutrition, products, and a whole bunch of other things. So be sure to head over to mountainbikeradio.com and you'll find all the info you need. Thank you.